1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grade Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined this Thursday by Hayden Winks, Josh Norris from Underdog Fantasy. It was the last week of this show. Every week is our Underdog Fantasy show. Of course, this show is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. I, I can't imagine you listening to this and not having Underdog uh, not downloaded, but if you haven't, go and download it, iOS, Google Play. I, I think it's called the Google Play Store. I've never had an Android, so I, I can't imagine. I think but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Promo code grid. Get on it. Pick, we got the pick'em games. We got rivals. Uh, we have battle royale, which Hayden and I talked about uh, two Thursdays ago. I think some good theory on that game. If you want to go back and listen to it, but uh, today we're just gonna we're just gonna shoot the shit. There's there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, and we, we don't have to talk about salaries or pick games against the spread. We can we can just chat, man. So how is uh, how's the football season treating you?
0: It's good. I feel like after two weeks, you're starting to get some data and then you like question every little small sample thing. So that's kind of like the thing, the story for me, at least in week three. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like we're back into the groove. Finally, I was on I was in Utah last week and I felt a lot of sorts traveling and was stuck in the airport for like 48 hours in a row. It felt like but now I feel like I'm actually back to normal.
1: Yeah. Well, it traveling traveling in the middle of football season will really get you, dude. It will No more really weddings please. You.
0: September weddings like come on. No,
1: so so I'm getting married and that was one of the things that I said is I was like absolutely no September, like not September, not October, not November, not we just I'm not going to do it to my friends. I'm not going to yep. do it to myself like we are just I I cannot possibly
0: do this to the people that uh, that I know and love. So that's a yep. uh, That's a big one. It's it's May for me next year. Like it's it's not moving out of May. Like that's like the ideal time. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I think the
0: 49ers backfield has now
1: become this super interesting talking point because Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon go in the top 100 picks. Mostert out for the year. Sermon gets his first career touch, fumbles, and immediately gets injured. Not great. Not, not a great result there. He immediately goes back on the bench. But Elijah Mitchell got injured in that game, and they played him anyway. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He's officially listed as questionable for the 49ers game. They signed Lamar Miller. They signed on Johnson. They signed Trenton Cannon, who was active last week he's more of a special teams guy and they sign this fella jox patrick who is i think gonna be a thing i i think regardless uh if, if elijah mitchell does not play i am officially anticipating jox patrick being a thing
0: I have not watched him outside of the clip that you posted for your morning engagements, um, which I was yeah. very thankful for. Um, I think let's start from the top. If Elijah Mitchell is out there, I think he's going to be the starter. It was very, very clear. Um, but the problem is that they thought he had a stinger and that was like, kind of like a temporary issue. And then he didn't practice on Wednesday. And now they're thinking that it's more than a stinger. So I don't know if that's like an AC joint injury or something else in the shoulder, but all of a sudden he seems more questionable than Trace Sermon because Trace Sermon at least was limited on Wednesday. So I think that you should be trying to trade for Trey Sermon. I think that there's a chance that he starts this game if Elijah Mitchell can't go. Um, but they haven't trusted Trace Sermon at all yet. So it's it's very up in the ear up in the air. I think that Trace Sermon's actually a decent player. Obviously, I don't know what happened in the late training camp. But if he's available and Elijah Mitchell isn't, I think I'm gonna be ranking Trace Sermon pretty highly pending on the news.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that seems Reasonable. My concerns. My concerns with Sermon are that he he feels like a guy to me, and maybe maybe you disagree. But like I, so he went to Oklahoma, so I got to watch him for three fourths of his college career before he transferred. And there would always be someone else who would come in the backfield and look better, right? You know, Kennedy Brooks. Sometimes the fullback Jeremiah Hall would look better than him. Like he really is not a particularly special player, and he was still in a timeshare at Ohio State. And then the 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 whole being a game day inactive, being behind Elijah Mitchell, like Trenton Cannon and him got the same number of carries. That was weird. Them desperation signing all these other running backs. Like, if you feel good about Sermon and you have Cannon, you probably don't need to add like four other running
0: backs, which they did. That was weird. It's just this story is kind of breaking my brain. To me, I think that's like kind of bad news that maybe Elijah Mitchell they're like more concerned with for for this week at least, and that's why they're bringing in all these other guys. So it's we really don't know, and I think this is going to be something where like we'll hopefully Adam Schefter comes through for us at midnight on Saturday, or we get like depth chart news from the always just perfect 49ers beat reporters. Um, and that's what we're gonna have to go on, but for right now, I'm I'm guessing that Trey Sermon's gonna start. And I'm tra- I'm trying to trade for Trey Sermon in all my redraft leagues. Like I I even offered um Elijah Mitchell for Trey Sermon straight up and I got denied this week, which I thought was a kind of interesting trade. But
1: oh, um, I would not do that. I, if you if if I had Trey Sermon and you offered me Elijah Mitchell, I would snap that.
0: Yeah, I I posted on Twitter and it was literally 50-50. And I'm just like a Trey Sermon truther. I think that he's actually gonna be pretty good at the game. Um and Elijah Mitchell's like to me. He's really bursty, and I think they're trying to get him in that Raheem Mostert role, but I just don't think that he's going to be Raheem Mostert. And I think eventually, like, Trace Sermon just is, like, too big. And he ran the same exact stuff at Ohio State, and I think that's why they sure. they drafted him. So I'm I'm thinking that in the long term, Trace Sermon's going to actually get some opportunity. But I would love to know why he was healthy and active. Like, we just haven't gotten anything outside of he was just not as good. And, like, to me, that's, like, if, that's if very that's... ambiguous.
1: But what if that's the answer? What if the answer is literally, we don't think he's that good?
0: But, like, so, like, all throughout OTAs and all throughout preseason, even, like, preseason week three, like, the dress rehearsal, he plays with the first-team offense. Elijah Mitchell and the rest of these people never get it. And then all of a sudden, like, just Trey Sermon is just, like, not even as good as uh, freaking Jermichael Hasty. Like, to me, there's, like, something that we haven't – maybe it was, like, fumbles in practice. I don't know, like, what else it could be. Um, But I'm I'm not willing to write off Trey Sermon yet.
1: I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not writing him off, but I think the Mitchell Mostert comp is just like too easy. And Mitchell looks yeah. so good in week one. Uh, I also wonder if all of this will bring in the Trey Lance experience a little bit earlier. If they're just like, we are just getting crushed with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing screen passes to Kyle Juszczyk. Yep. Like we just got to do something else. Like I I actually think the Packers are going to run the 49ers out of the building. Um, like I, 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 I have the, the, the Packers money line They're they their dogs, but I mean, imagine Jimmy Garoppolo down 10 points like trying to match Rodgers throw
0: for throw like it's just yeah. going to get it's going to get really ugly. So, I can see it. I think the running back fiasco is just a distraction from uh Shanahan turning George Kittle into Jeff Swaim this year. Ugh. I mean, it like he's he's not even running routes like on like 90% of the dropbacks. I think it was like 75% and they're just like it's like a bunch of screens and they're just like using him as a blocker. It's so frustrating. I I'm I'm at the point where I think like he's probably closer to like tight end five overall than like tight end three. Like to me, I would rather have Hawkinson straight up. That's Um, what I was, that's what I was going to say is,
1: is I'd rather have Hawkinson. And honestly, Andrews hasn't done it yet, but Andrews is going to score 10 touchdowns. Like, so like that's, that's coming. And I just don't know if it's going to happen for Kittle.
0: You're right. This is the week for them to like turn on George Kittle. Like if they're going to be down or it's going to be a close game, like this is the week where you have to unleash George Kittle. So if it doesn't happen, this one, this is like, I think it's like officially time to start panicking with George Kittle, but I, I think he's going to have a big week this week. Yeah.
1: Um, what about, what about IU? You have any thoughts there? Would would you be trying to send low ball offers for IU? Or do you think that, uh, that he has dusted himself off in, in the eyes of the coaching staff?
0: Well, coming into the year, the, the problem I had with IU is just, it's a like volume game. And if like, if Debo got hurt, then Brandon, you can for sure go to the moon, but there's like three guys. And there's really only room for like two pass catchers in this like slow pace, run heavy offense. And well, basically all of Brandon Ayuk's production last year is in the games that George Kittle or Debo Samuel was out. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm wondering if we just like kind of like vaulted Brandon Ayuk up, like pretending that he's better than what he is, and maybe he's just going to be the number two behind Debo Samuel. So to me, I'm not like trying to like chase Brandon Ayuk like in in like trade offers. I sh- for sure would not drop him um but like i mean there's no way you can start him this week unless like you're really really desperate i think he only ran around on, like 54 percent of dropbacks last week
1: yeah and it i will say if he has another bad game and you can trade like james white for him or something yeah. i i don't know i might do that because something happens to something happens to debo they turn him back into a full-time player they go to trey lance like there there's still enough avenues and he would definitely be a guy I would be wanting to trade for in dynasty leagues. If you think someone was, was wanting to paper hand him a little bit because, you know, again, we believe in
0: Trey Lance. We think he's going to be really good. Um, so that here, seems like an interesting. I, I got a question for you though. If let's assume that Trey Lance is going to be the starter in the next like couple weeks here. Is that good news or bad news for Debo, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk just for fantasy purposes? Like to me, I think they're going to even run the ball more. And I'm, I'm guessing in the red zone, they would just run the ball more with, with Trey Lance, but there's also the upside that Trey Lance is just way better of a passer than Jimmy G. So it's kind of like a conundrum. I, I'm not sure that like Trey Lance, like all of a sudden just sends George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk to the moon um, when he gets in there. I'm, I'm concerned just like the overall like process of Shanahan and like what he wants to do with Trey Lance. Like I'm worried that's like, it's like the RG three days, which is sick for Trey Lance, but less sick for like everybody else. Well,
1: the the thing is is you just know that what you've got with Jimmy and it's this really low volume offense where probably on any given week only one of Ayuk Debo or Kittle can have a good game. Right. Whereas there there at least is the it could be anything, even a boat with Trey Lance where yeah. Trey, maybe they throw 32 times a game and they're, you know, doing lots of innovative stuff with like, you know, ro- like moving Trey Lance out of the pocket and uh like kind of like what the Ravens do with Lamar where right uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews are both going to be fine for fantasy with like a little bit of tertiary value to Sammy Watkins too, because when they do throw, it's more efficient. Um, that's, that's kind of the hope there. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at with them. Let's, let's talk about the Falcons. I, I, uh, I still think Kyle Pitts is going to do it even though Matt, I mean, Matt Ryan looks like shit. Like, let's just be honest about it. He looks terrible. I actually think Matt Ryan being bad is way worse for Calvin Ridley than it is for Kyle Pitts, because like seven and a half targets per game for the rest of the season for Kyle Pitts probably makes him like the tight end five, like probably pays yep. him off. Whereas Ridley, with a lowered volume and lowered efficiency, is uh, you know definitely should not have been taking him over Metcalf and Justin Jefferson and
0: Ceedee Lamb and stuff like that. There was a play against the Bucks last week where Ridley was like on the perimeter, running a deep route, and Matt Ryan steps up in the pocket there's nobody around him it's just him out there and he tries to throw the ball I'm not even kidding like 45 yards in the air and Calvin Ridley has to stop completely and then he just gets absolutely lit up by the corner and safety it was like one of the worst balls of the week and I watched a ton of Ben Roethlisberger it was not a good week for Matt Ryan and like you said last year Calvin Ridley was a lot of it was just like deep outbreaking routes where they were just like undefeated and if Matt Ryan can't hit those right now I don't know. It's not, it's not a good look. And I I really think that Arthur Smith is just like not going to give up with trying to run the ball early. Like that's just like kind of what they were doing with Mike Davis in week one. Then they got Cordell Patterson involved. So um, yeah, it seems like they're already trying to get into a, a gimmicky offense in week two, which is just like not good at all. So um, for me, Calvin really still like a wide receiver one Kyle Pitts, I think is like perfectly fine. Like maybe this is like more check downs to him um but definitely worried about like the falcons like trying to compete this year like first two yeah. weeks were really really bad and the defense is like maybe even worse than it was last and year and i don't think any of those
1: things are going to get better like i don't think matt ryan is going to yeah. find arm strength the only the, the way that they could get better is better play calling just that they they that arthur smith washes the film and he's like okay this is what we're going to do we're going to start doing this concept or th- that concept and we're going to do more shallow stuff and. Like, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts is going to be a bigger part of the game plan and we're going to be given, you know, CPAT's going to be the, the jet motion guy, or yeah. honestly, maybe they go to Gallman too. Like Gallman hasn't been active yet, but it would not surprise me if we start seeing some more of him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I feel bad about Calvin Ridley. Like Calvin Ridley to me already looks like a guy who was overdrafted because I don't know if the sheer target volume is going to be there, right? Like, you know, like 190 targets or whatever over 17 games. And it definitely looks like the efficiency is not going to be there.
0: Yeah, it, it's the efficiency. Like the air yards, all just going to be there. It's just like a lot of those stuff where Calvin Ridley really was awesome last year is just going to be much harder for him. And like Russell Gage is like literally offering them nothing. Like his yards oh. per <sighs> out run this year is like beyond brutal. And like next man up is like Olamidi Zaccheaus. Like it's it's not good.
1: Yeah, the the Russell Gage stuff is not great. A lot, a, lot, a lot of people were pamping those bags, and it's uh, it's not going to end well. Like Russell Gage is going to have like sixty five targets, forty two receptions, four hundred eighteen yards, and one touchdown at the end of the year. It's, it's
0: going to be really bad. I, I, I think on Underdog he was his ADP was literally right next to Rondell Moore. It was like yeah, you're, he, you're he went, a, he, he went or ahead.
1: Russell. He went ahead of Rondell. He went ahead of Terrace Marshall. He went ahead of Henry Ruggs. I mean, just like these obvious decisions. Um, yeah. oh, we should talk about Carr. Is, yes. is Derek Carr good now? Is Derek Carr good?
0: Yeah, I honestly think so. If you look at it, just like his EPA for drop back and like accuracy and all that stuff from last year, there was like kind of signs that he was like really turning it on. And this year, the offense is like completely changed. They're not using play action at all. He's like only in in shotgun. And the thing that's like really changed is like it just like bombs away. Like he's throwing the ball intermediate and deep like all the time. Like his A dot is way up. And I don't know if that's just like Henry Ruggs. They're like they're more confident in him. But their, I think they're second in neutral pass rate right now, which is, like, absurd. And obviously, that's a little bit because Josh Jacobs was out. But Derek Carr is just dropping back and looked really confident. And um, I think, like, one of the biggest winners of week two was Henry Ruggs just because they were using him all over the field. And if the Raiders aren't going to be, like, 28 in neutral pass rate like they were the last couple of seasons, like, that's where Henry Ruggs can have, like, seven, eight targets. And if he's as good as we think then all of a sudden he can be like flirting with like wide receiver, three flex numbers. I mean, I, I need it.
1: Rugs rugs, one of my most drafted players. And this is basically the thesis behind the play, just that Gruden yep. would figure it out. Eventually, you know, you spend, but the number 11 overall pick on him, um, I think. And like yep. you saw on the touchdown last week, like he is still that fast relative to NFL defenders. Like he, yep. he can get behind the best corners, the best safeties. He's faster. He, he's not like um, a great route runner, you know, like he's not like you're not gonna you're not gonna watch highlights of him like shaking guys out of their cleats or whatever. Yeah. But he is. He's just so fast, and that is a that's a, a non-replaceable NFL skill.
0: Yep. And at Alabama, a lot of his touches were like uh, some jet sweeps, some bubble screens, like some slants where he would just like rip off yards after the catch. And like he literally never had that last year at all. And I, I'm I'm thinking of like his injury, and then like not getting the training camp stuff from last year like really hurt him. And this year like. Gruden, like every single press conference has been like, we need to get Henry Ruggs going. He needs to be the best rookie receiver from last year. Like to me, I think Henry Ruggs is a a big time winner early in the year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I definitely, I definitely think that is true. Um, The chargers are very interesting because Herbert has looked very good as a passer, but he was being drafted as the quarterback eight he doesn't have a rushing touchdown through two games and he has 11 rushing yards, right? So he runs for 250 yards and five rushing touchdowns last season. You're getting none of that production through two weeks. And Keenan Allen looks like finally, you know, Keenan Allen's played this nine year career with like a bunch of like terrible other wide receivers next to him. And it finally looks like someone is taking a bite out of his apple in terms of, you know, like a a 30% target share because Mike Williams is being used all over the field. He's being targeted at all depths. He scores a, I mean, that touchdown he scored against the Cowboys was a oh, grown yeah. man touchdown. Oh, yeah. And we've kind of always felt like Mike Williams could do this. He's had a season with 11 touchdowns. He's had a season where he's led the NFL in yards per reception. Like he, he might just be a real, real, like kind of post hype, or right? Kind of like Robert Woods, actually, you know, Robert Woods didn't really break out until his second contract. And we're seeing that happen now with Mike Williams, I think
0: it was kind of like coming into the year. It's reminded me of Corey Davis where you have like top 10 pedigree. He's always been like efficient, on like a yards per target basis, but like never got the volume. And then like, all of a sudden you have a coaching change for Corey Davis. You had a, a quarterback change. And then all of a sudden, like you're unlocked in a way that you've never seen it. And like Mike Williams is like on a way another level than Corey Davis was last year, because like the, the chargers right now are top five in neutral pace and neutral pass rate. And we know Herbert's good. So it's, to me, like, I think like we really need to evaluate like Mike Williams, like all the way, like top 15 wide receivers. I, the, the volume is like perfect. And like the red zone production obviously is going to be, there's the best red zone threat. So like, to me, Mike Williams, like is, I think a legitimate, like top 20 guy with plenty of upside. And I, I think that uh, Justin Herbert, in the way that the offense is orchestrated right now could keep Keenan, Mike Williams and Austin Eckler at like t- high end values.
1: Yeah, but are you are you worried that Herbert was being overdrafted? Because I'm a, I'm a little worried. I think now he looks amazing as a passer, but I wonder if the volume will be there and it
0: looks like, you know, basically no rushing production at this point. To me, like rushing production in two-week samples seems like very volatile compared to like, because a lot of that stuff is just like, oh, he broke off like a th- 25-yard run. Right. You know, and like if that would have happened in week one, we would have been talking about this. Like to me, that the fact that the Chargers fit the neutral pace and, like, number four in neutral pass rate, and you're getting a breakout season on Mike Williams, to me, is, like, very bullish for um, the Chargers. But maybe they don't run less. I I don't know why he wouldn't run less. Maybe, like, the offensive line is too good for him not to scramble now. But, like, at the same time, that leaves, like, 35 touchdown Justin Herbert seasons, like, uh, in the open too. Right.
1: Um, Jalen Hurts thoughts on thoughts on our dude Jalen Hurts. I mean, I I talked about him a little bit with Josh last week, but you know, I mean, they do they they get they lose to the 49ers. That's all right. The 49ers are, are a really good team. I think he got 22 points on underdog with only one touchdown. Pretty I think he had 10 for 83 as a rusher. Yeah. I mean, the the uh, the other thing is that I'm feeling very bullish about is He's looked competent enough, passing at all depths. Right, he throws the beautiful one to Rager last week, where Rager stepped out. But I think there is like a two percent chance he get he gets benched at some point. And for a while there, it looked. I mean, you know, they're talking about Deshaun Watson. They trade for Gardner Minshew. Like people were shook on Jalen Hurts' ADP.
0: Yeah, I thought it needed to drop just because like Trey Lance and Justin Fields were being drafted like fifty spots later, and it's basically uh, the the same exact bet, but. Uh, Jalen Hurts is interesting because he, to me, he's just always late on his throws, but he doesn't panic in the pocket. Like Sam Darnold a couple years ago, like Zach Wilson last week, like their feet are all over all uh, out of sorts. Jalen Hurts like never has that problem and he breaks the pocket like perfectly. That's why he was like scrambling for his life last week. It's just like, he just needs to figure out the timing and he needs something from like Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager. Um, but I'm with you. I think that Jalen Hurts looked fine um last week was kind of a struggle in the second half um but for like fancy purposes like we like truly do not care and the fact that their uh offensive line is now all of a sudden getting more banged up predictably so i think that he's just going to scramble even more yeah what are what are your thoughts on
1: what devonta smith and jalen rager have done this far or you feel like i i'll admit that it looks like i was wrong about devonta smith like he he looks like he is ready for the nfl which i find a little surprising
0: I thought Devonta Smith was gonna be really good just because like he's so experienced he's so smart um and like I, I think he's gonna just shred against zone coverage and just like be the the check down guy for um Jalen Hurts and like I, I just have never seen it with Jalen Rager like even like at TCU like his junior year like it was so boom bust I and mean, all of it was like very quarterback driven but to me, he was just, like, a one-trick pony. Like, super explosive north-south, but, like, kind of never brought anything to the table. Like, Devonta Smith is literally the exact opposite of that. So, um, and, as long as, like, Devonta Smith doesn't, like, get banged up because he's too skinny, like, I think that he's going to be, like, a 28 30% target share guy, um, like, in the second half of the season. I think he's that good.
1: Yeah. I, I, I hope that he is that good. I actually have Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts on – that that stack on one of my main event teams. And it, it looks like one of my only teams that's actually any good, which is funny. Cause I, I didn't even want him. I also am definitely keeping a candle on for Rager who, you know, I mean, just a very difficult rookie season gets injured, doesn't have a preseason Carson Wentz plays. I mean, he, I mean, Carson Wentz is so bad. Just, yeah. I'll never get over the shuffle pass interception that he threw last oh, week. Yeah. Like one of the, one of the worst plays I've ever seen a professional quarterback make and Rager is a guy who was, like, you want to talk about guys going after Russell Gage? Like, Jalen Rager was going after, like, Byron Pringle for a, a little bit. Like, I mean, people just had completely left this dude for dust, and
0: I, he still looks the part to me. His ADOT's really low, and they're, like, trying to get him going on, like, screens and stuff. I just, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't think that he's ever going to be, like, a guy that's going to be getting open 10 yards down the field. Like, he's going to have a couple splash plays because he's that fast. Right. I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, I just don't see it with him. But I've been, yeah. I will continue to be wrong on film takes all the time. I am pro Devonta, anti Jalen Rager. We'll see. Okay, good. Good to know. What about
1: the Rams backfield? Uh, be, again, to me, the film takes it's difficult. I just see that Daryl Henderson plays hundred percent of the snaps in the first yep. half of both of their first two games. Now, again, Sony comes in looks good, but he came in because Daryl Henderson got banged up. He got a rib injury Sounds like the Rams are optimistic that he's going to be able to play. But of course this opens the door where Henderson looked like a guy who was just going to get all these touches until he got hurt.
0: He just got hurt really early. And it's, it's unfortunate because the, the reason why they traded for Sony, Michelle is like, there was all these quotes that, Oh, we think Henderson's good, but he always is injured. And then like in week two, like he gets injured. So like, I wonder if like already those like high snap, snap rate games are already going to be dusted just because like the exact situation that the Rams were um kind of dreading would happen it happened immediately um i don't know like sonny michelle kind of looks okay last year he kind of looked okay in the preseason i thought he was fine this week too so i would be kind of nervous for for daryl henderson i don't think that we're going to see like 90 percent daryl henderson uh the rest of the year i think it's going to be a kind of a committee which is unfortunate because i think that henderson could have had like a top 10 fantasy season if things all aligned so um we'll see this is not the week to like kind of figure things out that like the Bucks, like peop, the offenses playing the Bucks, literally don't even try to run the ball. Like, uh, I'm looking their neutral pass rate right now is at 83% pass against the Bucks, um, which is absurd. Like, you never the Bills run the ball more than the Bucks see runs against them. Um, so, I, I wouldn't be like rushing to play Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle, like regardless of injuries this this week.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean Sony. Well, that's that's actually interesting would they would they throw the ball to Sony at all, or would are they just gonna pelt Woods and Cup and Jefferson
0: with like yeah. thirty five targets? yeah, this this is the Robert Woods week. Like people have been yes. handling, like every stream I do, like the number one of the number one questions like, what do I do with Robert Woods? Like Cooper cups looks like a savage. Like I think that Cooper Cup going off is just like good news for Robert Woods. Like we've seen like what Matthew Stafford could do that Jared Goff wasn't. And there's like no reason to me that Robert Woods would all of a sudden be dust and the Cooper cup just turns into like a, an elite player. Like I think that they have the like just as good of chances of like finishing as wide receiver one and just like a two week sample. This is like the perfect opportunity where Robert Woods is probably gonna see like 10 targets and some, some rushes. And he, I think that he has like just as good of odds as Cooper cup going off.
1: Do you think that the Rams can win this game? My, my, my hot take is that the Rams are actually the best team in the NFC and that, um, that you they are actually a good bet in the futures market. I think they're like thirteen to one or whatever in the futures market, which feels. I mean, if they beat the Bucks, like,
0: and no one else in the NFC is that good. Yeah, it, to me, it's it's the Bucks and the Rams, and then there's like a big set below that. And yeah. I'm, I'm very bullish on Stafford. The problem with the the futures market stuff, though, is the NFC South looks really bad with the Falcons and Saints looking dreadful, and the Rams have to go against the freaking 49ers cardinals and seahawks like the odds that the the rams have a better record than the bucks in the regular season to me right doesn't seem that great so that means like you're betting on the rams beating the bucks on the road um which doesn't seem that great but I, i'm totally with you like i think that the rams are legit contenders and i wasn't that surprised that they opened up as slight uh favorites over the bucks here yeah
1: i i think that i I think that's interesting. I mean, the the thing about the Rams is that they are – they're like a stars and scrubs team. They're like an option yeah. team that spends all their money with Christian Caffrey and Darren Waller and Lamar Jackson. And then after that, it gets real thin because, you know, they have – they have Donald and Ramsey, they have cup, they have woods, they have Stafford. And then what is the offensive line good for them? Honestly, I literally don't even know. It's
0: well, even like the last couple of years, like the offensive line, like just on paper, doesn't look good, but because they get the ball out so fast. And that's just like Sean McVay, like Jared Goff, like never got sacked like ever. And like that, I have the Bucks defense and I'm not starting them this week, just because they never get sacked. And it's like going back a couple of years and like Jared Goff isn't like avoiding pressures or anything like that. Like he's inviting them, but they just get the ball out so quick. So um, I don't think the offensive line matters that much, especially if they're going to be as like high as they are in neutral pass. Like, I think it's just going to be bombs away. And like, that's why like, I think Robert Woods like the, one of the easiest buy lows that you can possibly have right now. Right.
1: All right. Marvin Jones, Jr. Is this guy just going to eat my lunch? Is Norris, yes. is Norris just going to dunk on me on this one? Like is Marvin Jones going to have a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns on this terrible football team?
0: I honestly think so. Like, to oh, me, man. it's just, like, the Jaguars' defense is obviously going to be atrocious. Like, Urban Meyer is not going to f- figure that part out. Uh, if you watch Trevor Lawrence, like, everything's just downfield. Like, he has just, like, those, like I- – I don't know who else has. Like, there's, like, sometimes, like, Philip Rivers just goes full YOLO and just, like, intermediate toss, like, in garbage time, and he doesn't care if it gets intercepted. Like, that's what I'm seeing with Trevor Lawrence, except that he has, like, Justin Herbert's arm. So, um, to me, it's just going to be, like, Shark and Marvin Jones trading off huge weeks, and we'll see what they can do with – uh visca I, i'm just very con- concerned with visca just like only getting bubble screen targets and like I, i'm i'm concerned he's not fast enough for urban meyer like I, I feel like urban meyer could easily hate visca um and just like daryl Bevel just like loving marvin jones the entire year
1: yeah i mean this like visca is not gonna happen i mean let's just be honest about it like yeah. if, if this dude has a three and a half yard average depth of target and trevor lawrence i mean trevor lawrence has been really bad like let's just again let's just be real he has not been good through two games he's been like historically non-accurate the results have not been that more encouraging than what zach wilson has done for the new york jets like he he really does not look good and it's hard to say okay this is trevor lawrence's fault this is daryl bevel's fault this is urban meyer's fault i mean i i think daryl bevel and urban meyer have a big hand in it but lawrence is not overcoming that at this time
0: yeah, I I think that the like passing yards will be there just because just like the game scripts are gonna be so favorable for for Trevor Lawrence. Um and I I think that he still will be an accurate quarterback. Uh, but like the entire unit just looks completely out of sorts. Like even like some of the pass protection stuff in the preseason, like they would just like pan over to Urban Meyer and like he would just be kind of like drooling at the mouth after Trevor Lawrence got beat up for like the fourth straight drop back. So um, it's going to be a bunch of garbage time, but I, I do think that like DJ shark and Marvin Jones being top 10 in air yards each right now. Like, I think that's like somewhat sustainable um, just because the Jaguars are so bad.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, they are, they are going to come into all of these games and they are going to be huge dogs. They're not going to be able to run the ball effectively at all. The offensive line is terrible. Like teams are just, and teams are going to be up 10 zero on them immediately. Yep. Tough, DJ- tough scene for the James Robinson third round drafters. Very tough.
0: Yeah, that is pretty tough. Because I think that goes into like Trevor Lawrence, like not eyes down field. He's never going to throw the ball to Visca or James Robinson. At least James Robinson was out there in in week two, like more so than Carlos Hyde. But like, I mean, you're not starting them um, unless you see it. And I just don't think that you will ever going to see it. To me, it's just going to be like uh, DJ Shark's going to be in the Hermsmeyer uh, by low model every single week and the air yards are just going to be there. And then like one in every four weeks, he's going to be like in the uh, DFS millimaker maker. And like the other weeks you're just going to be like saying that he had 180 air yards. What do you want me to do?
1: Yeah. Are they, um, are they going to, are they going to have to redact him? Is, is Hermes going to have to redact DJ shark? I
0: feel like, yeah. I feel like he
1: might have to redact him.
0: It, it, it'll be close. Um, I don't have like a good take on like DJ shark. Like he's, I don't know if he's good or not. Like, he, we've kind of seen it, but like we also have like really not seen it and like his prospect profile wasn't very good. So like I don't know if he's like actually good or not. like i I have I don't watch the Jaguars enough, thankfully to like have a strong TJ shark take.
1: Yeah, yeah, I you know I think that um is is pretty fair. let's uh, let's close it out here. Let's just try and give some people hope at tight end because tight end is tough. Kittle looks bad. It looks like Kelsey Waller hawkinson and maybe gronk but no like does any person on the earth believe gronk is going to keep this up like everyone is just like nope gronk's old he's not going to keep it you know eventually they're gonna they're gonna turn it back over to godwin evans and brown like just no way this production is able to sustain and but even if you include gronk in that group it's very hard to tell yourself a story about so
0: many of these guys I would say that like Noah Fant looks all right though. Tyler Higby's at least running more routes. He like had basically yeah. a fiasco last year or last week. But like Higby's in a good offense, running the routes that you're looking for. Noah Fant, at least with Jerry Judy out, is gonna has like a twenty percent target share. So you can create a little storyline there. Like Mark Andrews looks tough. I don't know what's going on on with Mark Andrews. Like all of a sudden like Marquise Brown is like has like a twenty eight percent target share out of nowhere. Um, and then Rashad Bateman's coming back soon. So I'm kind of concerned about Mark Andrews and George Kittle. like at cost. Um, and I think the Gronk take is like, he's actually good. Like, I, I think oh, he's just yeah. like a get, he's just like, get over it. Gronk is back. And like, I'm not like, I'm going to be ranking him like as a borderline top six guy this week. And like, I'm just going to get over, like, I don't care how old he is. He looks, he looks really fucking good again.
1: Yeah. Um, Logan Thomas I mean were we were we wrong or was I guess I don't know your opinion was I wrong about Logan Thomas I mean he, I guess he scores the touchdown in week one seven targets against the Giants uh, you could say that stuff is going to end when Curtis Samuel gets back but who even knows when Curtis Samuel is going to get back
0: it's like the same thing as last year you know like where he has like 90 percent routes all the slot stuff like he's getting targeted but like it's going to be super inefficient and he's going to finish as like the tight end nine like i, I would feel way more comfortable with like tyler higby's upside and Noah Fant's upside than um logan thomas but at least you didn't draft dallas goddard if you drafted logan thomas so that's good news
1: Hey, I mean, they're like it. It might happen. It might happen for it. Might happen for Goddard because Zach Ertz is on the COVID list, right?
0: Yeah, for this week. But then, like Zach Ertz is going to go out there and run more routes than Dallas Goddard again, which is like beyond nuts. But um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen for Goddard, and I don't think it's going to happen for the, either the Patriots guys, unless one of them. Oh, injured. it's no, no, it's definitely not happening for the Patriots yeah,
1: guys. It's that is zero percent to to come out. Um, yeah. Let's let's see. I haven't even I haven't even checked Goddard's. Um, playing time. So through two games, fifty-two snaps, thirty-eight snaps, seven targets. He got a touchdown in week one. No, I I think it might happen for Goddard because this is the, this is the thesis behind the play. um Hertz just gets a little bit better as the season goes on, right? He just there's a little bit less panic. He gets into a gro- not even a groove, but just the coat like right. Nick Sirianni, this is the first time he's been a head coach. Just like they they kind of all are learning. Over the, which is what happened with Dak, by the way, Dak and Kellen Moore did this where they got better as they, as the, as they tried things like they just, they just tried a bunch of stuff and the Eagles are kind of more that way because their wide receivers are not as good. So they're just going to be throwing stuff against the wall. Like I, I we're going to see some weird offensive stuff from the Eagles. That's, that's a prediction on, on, I think they play on Monday night. Like we're yeah. going to see some weird offensive stuff from the
0: Eagles. Yeah, but Dallas Goddard's gonna be right in there blocking as an inline guy. <laughs> 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 to set it all up. Uh, yeah, my only note I had with Goddard is that he's 27th in routes at tight ends. Like that's seems bad. That's an issue. That doesn't seem that good. But he's he's yeah. at least good, you know.
1: May I mean maybe. Like do I mean do we really know? Do we really know how how good guys are? Like that that's something I'm feeling right now through this fantasy football season is like i i have already through two weeks gotten so many things wrong it's like i i don't really know who is who is that good or not that good like yeah What wide receivers you can figure it out because bad wide receivers just never get the ball but a- other than that it's just very hard to
0: figure out we need to find the receipts somebody i don't know a, co- a couple of years ago must have called dallas goddard it had to be like silver something like a, a, a top five real life tight end and then every single fantasy podcast when you talk about goddard you're like oh he's just he just needs Ertz out of the way. He's a top five real life tight end, and like I think we need to like sit back and like watch him and like actually. I don't think that he is like a top five tight end. He's no, like if like, he if he like was, the 12th best. if he was, we would know.
1: Yeah, like that's that's the thing that I feel. If if Dallas Goddard was really that good, they would have found a way. They would have just cut Ertz, or they would have traded yeah. him for a
0: seventh round pick or whatever. Yeah, like they sure. Zach Ertz would not be on the team if he was really that good for sure and like to me like noah fan like i'm like watching this i'm like yes like this guy looks like a real life top five tight end like this guy's just like moving like crazy um and yeah i don't know goddard i think is going to be forever the tight end 11 in fantasy
1: i mean he was a guy i did not draft at all on, on yeah. underdog because like what's what was the point i don't know you had to take him over rugs or hardman Hardman looked like a real wide receiver for the first time in his three year NFL career for the very first time. It was very impressive to me to see him just run like a normal button hook and catch the pass and get down. Like that was like, I'm not even kidding. Like that was like a holy shit
0: moment for me. That was, that was a huge win. And he hit the routes are there. So like, I think that McCall Hardman, like I think both sides of the argument are going to be right. He's going to have some boom weeks. I think he's going to be way better if Tyree Hill is out because he's still not getting like that many routes. But at least he's out there. Like the Chiefs, at least trust him to like not be a forty percent player, and that's like exactly what was happening in the uh, playoffs last year. So yeah, uh,
1: they were playing Pringle over him.
0: Yeah, not great. But I, I think that Hardman's going to be fine as like a wide receiver five. Like good luck figuring out which week it is, but I think he's actually going to be out there enough to like be okay at cost at least.
1: Yeah. All right. Tell the people about everything that you're putting out on Underdog this week. Everything they need to go check out before we get out of here.
0: Um, I'd say just go try uh, Underdog, Pick'em. Try Underdog um, Battle Royale. It's a new DFS game. There's going to be new games coming. So if you ha- haven't used promo code GRID yet, you- you're you're definitely missing out.
1: Yeah. All right, everyone, follow Hayden. Download Underdog, promo code GRID. Get on there. Get uh, get be in the Battle Royale streets. You'll you'll see me in there this weekend. I am a I'm a big fan of the game, and uh, we will be back next week.